In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. I'm John, your once again CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, and I want to be an adult. And I'm Andrew, CEO of the Super Rare Dodo. We are down to nine shows this week, uh, because the uh, you guys decided or voted to fire Dragon Goes House Hunting, which means that Nagatoro-san, which is the other show that was on the bubble, uh, was also spared for now. So it'll be in this episode as well. Uh, that being said, I think we're good to get into it now. First up on the list is 86. In this episode, <clears throat> the 86s get up to shenanigans and have their nightly call with Lena and start to voice their frustrations. Kirschbluta is lost in battle, and one of the 86 verbally eviscerates Lena, saying that her compassion is an act. Damn. That, that ending, it was weird to put it after the credits, because that was rough. And that was like the most significant event of the episode, I'd say. I think it was after the credits because they wanted the moment of the death to linger more. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I might just have not noticed, but I don't think we've had an actual ED, have we? I don't know. Yeah. It's just credits over something playing. I mean, that can be an ED. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Like, it's it's not unheard of for shows to, like, they have a song for the ED, but they don't really have a visual for it and opt to just have show. Like, I know that's what Read Zero does most of the time. I thought it was really nice getting to see all of the... 86 as people and like just kind of like most of this episode was just them doing their daily lives them doing normal people things yeah or normal anime things maybe not normal That's people fair. things yeah I, I, I thought the, that that whole section was pretty funny though I quite enjoyed the dynamic there. I especially liked when, like, one of the, the one of the guys that was eavesdropping stumbled onto um, stumbled out into the open, and they all just like immediately draw their guns. I mean, it makes sense. It, it makes sense, but it's still funny. I think uh, my biggest problem is that I didn't care too much about. Kirsch Blue Tay or something like that. I don't know which one Kirsch Blue Tay was. The girl yeah. that um talked about. Oh, the redhead who had a crush yeah. on Shin. No, 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 the, no. The, the one who's playing girl. cards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's like I didn't care enough about her. Like, there's so many eighty sixers that it's like their death doesn't feel meaningful. Yeah, like we don't really know them. We just. Like, we see them as people, but they don't really affect us because... Or it doesn't feel like we're losing someone. Right, because we haven't established their 
roll all that much. I mean, again, I legit didn't know her name. Yeah. Well, that's part of what um, he rips into Lena for, because she doesn't know their names. But but yeah, all that being said, it's just kind of like, I don't care about the characters yet, and we're three episodes in at this point. And I don't know if it's because there's too many, and they haven't spent enough time on any of them, or what? Yeah, I think it's just that they basically introduced a character and killed them off in the same episode. Yeah. More or less. Honestly, I'm just waiting for them to kill everyone and get down to the five main ones. <laughs> you think that's how it's going to go? Yeah, you're probably not wrong. There's Yeah, because there's five of them on the poster. Mm-hmm. It could just be the five important people who actually do something. Maybe. The five people that actually do something. Well. <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah. I think it's interesting how they show the conversations from both sides. Yeah. And I think we kind of get the sense of how Lena kind of wants this... I think she wants the same sense of community that all the 86 have with each other mm-hmm. because they made a point of during the phone call to have a wide shot of her empty room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mostly what the phone call was from her side. Yeah. Cause they skipped a lot of it cause we'd seen it before. Right. Absolutely. Like part of the emotional aspect is that she's not that old. She's probably like 18-ish or something. Isn't she like 16? She's 16, yeah, probably. But she doesn't have any friends besides the scientist lady. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't really engaged with this one at this point, so uh, it's time to fire it, I think. Yeah, I'm going to fire it as well. It's not necessarily that this is bad, it's just... I don't feel the need to keep watching. I'm going to I'm going to retain it. I don't I don't necessarily think that this show is a lot better than it was last week. I just don't feel like firing it this week. Like there's not really a big reason. Okay, so that is two fires and one retain for 86. Next up on the list is Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. In this episode, Nagatoro and Senpai get caught in the rain and take shelter at her place. They play some fighting games. The next day, Senpai gets invited to sit at lunch with Nagatoro and her friends, and she's actually protective of him and encourages him to learn to fight back. Sort of. Uh, I think this episode is a little bit better. Maybe it's just because it's been. Maybe it's just because I'm a little more removed from that first episode, uh, which I didn't like. I felt like I gave a bad first impression, but I, I I was enjoying this one a lot more than the ones we watched last week. Like I think it is a lot of the negative reaction we had was more to the first episode because mm-hmm. I'd also I watched the first episode a bit before I watched the second, and the second didn't seem as bad to me. Yeah. So I think I think we were a little too harsh on this one last week. 
or I think I was maybe. Because uh, I had fun with this episode. Like, uh, I, I thought the fighting game scene was really funny. <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoyed watching Nagatoro try the raw super in neutral. <laughs> I liked the um, I liked how they did the teaching him how to fight back as like a comedy routine. Yeah, like the the Japanese like straight man funny man routine. I can't remember what it's called. Manzai, uh, straight man the Tsukomi and the funny man the bokeh. But yeah, I, I liked this one a lot more. I and and I, I think I like it a lot more partially because like it's a lot more care, it's a lot more clear in this episode that they like each other's company actually. Yeah. Like it's gotten to the like it's not it doesn't feel like bullying, it feels more like teasing because of friends. Yeah, they're not strangers anymore. <laughs> Cause in the first episode, like that was the first time they'd ever met. This is a di- this is different. Yeah, I I did like her trying to teach him to stand up for himself and standing up for him. But it still feels a bit like she's pushing him to try on the edge of crying. Like, I don't like it, but also I never liked Uzaki-chan. I mean, that show was not a masterpiece. I just finished it to see if it would get any better, and I didn't think it got, like, great. We were fine stopping watching it when we did. Right, but just... I don't necessarily like this dynamic in general, so it's not surprising that I don't like this show. But yeah, I, I didn't mind this episode. I, I, I liked it. I, I found a lot of this stuff pretty funny. Uh, so... A shocking reversal on my end, at least. It's not common for us to just be like, nah, this show's good again. <laughs> I don't think, but... I'm actually going to retain this week, because I had fun with it this time. I'm gonna fire. I'm just like it's it's fine. I won't mind watching more. I just don't care. Yeah, I'm still gonna fire it. It just isn't my type of show, and it doesn't feel like this is staying out enough-ish for me to care. Okay, so that is two fires for "Don't Tease Me, Nagatoro-san," uh, which means that it is currently tied for being fired with 86, unless something gets uh, three fires. Next up on the list is Joran, the princess of snow and blood. In the third episode, Yukimura and her comrades are trying to find a traitor to their organization who's been passing messages along to Janome. Yukimura is also advised to unadopt Asahi and sends her away to a temple. The group interrogates the gravedigger, who turns out to be innocent. Janome captures Asahi, and Tsukishiro turns out to be the one on Janome's side. And then in the fourth episode... Tsukishiro also captures Yukimura and takes her to Janame, who gets a sample of her blood to perfect his formula. Tsukishiro rejoins Nue and frees Yukimura in time for her to have a showdown with Janame and reunite with her brother. Who turns out to be alive, by the way. Not for long. Yeah. No, he and he croaks immediately. Imagine having a brother. I do. Um, Janome's dead. I mean, unless he can come back from being cut in half down the middle. I guess he could. You never Um, know. Yeah. You never know with these kind of things. Well, the snakes were regenerating when she didn't, like, cut them deep enough. Yeah. So it's possible, but you would think cut in half is deep enough. But yeah, it is is pretty wild to me that, you know, we had this guy set up, like, from the first episode as, like, the big bad, and he got killed. 
Yeah. Presumably. <laughs> I don't want to say anything yet, just in case. But I mean, he seems pretty still, dead. <laughs> there's still things at play here, such as um, everyone seems to want to kill Yuki. Like the whole government conspiracy, whatever stuff going on still. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure John May still has allies out there. Right, and I think this might be not her getting revenge, but her, like, what do you do after you get revenge might be more of what the story's going for. I mean, do we know that it was John May that killed her family, or, or is, that, yeah. is that just what she, she believes? If it, if it wasn't him specifically, he at least had a hand in the organizing of right. it. Like, it arguably could have been he was part of the organization that, organization that she is now mm -hmm. um i think that might be a plot twist that they pull yeah I, I still don't trust gene her boss oh no way <laughs> or elena for that matter they're all jerks everyone in this show hates each other <laughs> honestly it's kind, of, it's kind of an interesting dynamic like, I keep thinking this is a light novel adaptation just because this seemed kind of rushed in how it happened. Right. But yeah. it's, it's an original. Yeah, I, I really, it's, it's really weird because, like, we have really no idea where it's going to go from here, except for the fact that we know that there are other people out there that want Yuki's blood. All I can think of as to why it was so rushed is because they want to get this out of the way so that they can get to something else, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, but, but when you're when, when you're not adapting something, you're in a lot of control over the pacing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I honestly feel like a lot of what makes this feel rushed is the um, uh, the uh, Suki Shiro. Oh yeah, but like turning out to be the bad guy and then becoming good again in the same episode. Yeah. I mean, or, like, in the last episode. But it's like it their turn in allegiance just kind of happens. It doesn't. There's not really a reason given because we don't understand why they're supporting Jonah May. We don't understand why they switch sides at the end. The implication that I got was that maybe they were like deep cover with Jonah May's people and they really were on the good side the whole time. That's what I got from it, but I don't know. There's that. There's also a throwaway line about how they both believed in the same ideals of like a the government telling the truth or whatever, I feel. Yeah. But it was also like a throwaway line, so who knows? I don't know, man. <laughs> but I, I didn't hate it. I mean, the action was cool in this in these two episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, really, most of it was in the fourth episode. Third episode was a lot of dialogue. We haven't really talked much about the third episode, actually. The third episode set up this ep the fourth episode. Yeah, yeah the third that's... episode was mostly just preamble to the fourth, I'd say. Which isn't a bad thing. I'm glad that we got to watch both of these the same week. Yeah. Same. Yeah. If it was just the third episode, we might. It, it, who knows what would happen. I really like the weapons in this show. I think they're really fun and creative. Like, there's oh, the yeah. umbrella crossbow. <laughs> yeah, the umbrella crossbow is cool. I really like... It's very simple, but I just I like Tsukashiro's sword. Because it yeah. the, the cane sword, yeah. I think, it, I think it's, like, electric or something. I and also, so, yeah. yeah, also cane swords are just cool. Yeah. It's a lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about knives mostly right now. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm going to retain this show because I, I'm still finding it very enjoyable. Uh, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here because we've I don't think we've ever had quite a swerve like this before. 
I'm gonna fire. I feel like yes, the I like the animation and the style of it, but I I'm not a huge fan of the plot and the pacing of this episode doesn't really give me hope for how they will handle the future of the show. Okay. I'm gonna retain I, I enjoyed it. I I'm looking forward to it, so all right. So that is two retains and one fire for Joran, the Princess of Snow and Blood. Next up on the list is Odd Taxi. In the third episode, Dobu, the Yakuza thug, threatens Otakawa not to tell anyone about his dash cam data because he wants to be the one to solve the missing persons case. Otakawa does meet Alpaca Girl in the park after all and warns her about the Yakuza on his back. Goriki goes missing and Kakihana gets his date, but someone is following him. Isn't it the manager that's following him? Manager. For, for the idol group? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. The manager and someone else. Oh, wait a minute. The girl he's with is one of the other idols that's not masked. Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh. Oh, I just put that together. But you're right. But, oh, yeah, and it's, it's definitely the manager because, like, he and the fan are together in the OP. Yeah. Okay. See, I was worried that Kakihana was going to get got by the Yakuza, and I really didn't want that to happen. But Goriki might have. Goriki might have. Goriki almost certainly did. <laughs> Poor dude. And he's maybe, he probably, maybe not dead yet. Ah. Uh, uh, Should have learned Capoeira. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I loved when he was like, oh no, don't do that to me now. <laughs> that did crack me up. <laughs> I I think that Capoeira is really cool. Have you ever seen it? No. I haven't. It literally is like half dance and half fight. Oh. It's like all sorts of flips and stuff. Also, rip the guy who pulled a super rare and then had his phone destroyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But like, fully half this episode was just Dobu and Odukawa talking. I didn't hate it, though. Like, this is very much like a noir show, so it's a lot of that. It was, it was really interesting. And they seem to know each other already. Did you get that impression? No, I don't think they... They didn't know each other. It's just they, they knew who the other person was mm-hmm. already. I think, yeah, I think that Odokawa got a read on Dobu pretty quick, at least. I'm glad no one's dead yet. Except maybe Goriki. No one's confirmed dead yet. I hope he's okay. I like him. I'm curious if the show is going to kill anyone or not. I bet someone's going to die. This show seems grounded enough that that could certainly happen. I'm going to say it again. This this reminds me a lot of Durarara. (laughs) I have not watched that one yet. Yeah. I, I agree from, I think I've seen the first season or maybe half of the first season. I don't know. The part where everyone's wearing the helmets. All I know about Dora is that somebody wears a bike helmet the whole time. I will say this. This is an early contender for best OP of the season. Uh, and I think we're good to move on. I'm going to go ahead and Capoeira kick that uh, retain button. I'm going to destroy that retain button. 
I'm going to gently press that retain button. <laughs> so there's three retains for Odd Taxi. Uh, next up on the list is Osamake. Uh, in this episode, Abe-senpai reveals that he became an actor to try and upstage Haru, and is dating Kachi for the same reason. Haru decides to get Kachi's help to act in a play for the cultural festival to get back at him, and reveals to Kachi how he quit after acting after his mother's death. Kachi has a flashback to when she met Haru as a small child. Okay, I know that there was a lot of like flashback drama in this episode, but the fact that the mom killed herself by acting too hard and like <laughs> walking her head on the pavement <laughs> fucking cracked me the hell up. I know. Like, I can't. I can't tell if that's supposed to be like played straight or not. Well, I mean, like he feels bad about it. Like, he's like, oh, uh, she was, she, it was her dream to be in a drama in this time slot, and she acted so hard she died. Okay, I, I guess let me rephrase that. I, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny or supposed to be serious. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been better if the car had just actually hit her. I know. <laughs> like, if the stunt had just gone wrong. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. But it's, it's weird because it's a serious moment, but that's so like it was a serious moment for his character. But like, that has to be a joke. <laughs> I can kill my mom, so I'm gonna kill all actors. <laughs> can, can we just talk about how like almost everyone in this show has? centered their lives around getting revenge on someone yes <laughs> i mean I think getting that's... revenge on someone or like meeting someone again or something oh yeah oh yeah because kachi also wants revenge on him she's gonna be revenge get revenge on him by being the best at everything i think that's the point of this though yeah of that everyone's trying to one-up someone else kind of so to speak yeah. right now <laughs> but yeah uh yeah this one was it was pretty interesting I I can't get over that 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 flashback backstory though. It is too much for my brain to handle. We found out that Kachi's first or I think given name Shirokasa is uh, means white clover to contrast with Kudo's green clover. clover. Mm Hmm. So yeah, it's much more of a. I was expecting it to be very much just about Kuro, but it's way more balanced than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, even the one where the friend wins at the end, it doesn't matter who he picks because they were both childhood friends. Yeah, that's that's what's that's what's clever about it because you think it's just going to be about Kuro, but like te- technically they were both his childhood friends. Yeah. So that so it's a default. It's by default that the childhood friend wins in the end. Clever lightmonger author. The upsetting part is how good chemistry we see. Um, Kuda. Kuro and Kuro and um, Haru. Haru have yes, thank you. <laughs> and then, as soon as Kaichi enters the picture, he like drops everything for her, and it's like, but come on, man. She's literally right there, and she's not trying to woo you out of some convoluted plot for revenge against you. Right. 
Like, she just legitimately likes you. It's just upsetting because, like, I, I get it. Um, drama, yeah. plot, whatever stuff, but, like, rom-com stuff. But it's like, come on. <laughs> Would it be a true rom-com if the main protagonist didn't have the intelligence of a pile of bricks? Eh, you can. I mean, part of the reason that I like Kaguya-sama so much is that Shiragane is not a dum-dum. Except he also is. <laughs> he also is a dum-dum, though. But in a more interesting way. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this one, so I'm going to retain. I'm also going to retain. I'm going to retain it as well. I'm uh, enjoying this rom-com. All right, Andrew, what's the over-under on how long till Chris is like, so I read the light novels and... Honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't already. <laughs> he said he, last week he said he was busy, so he might not. But I'm on I'm on chapter thirty-eight of ReZero part arc six out of ninety. So <laughs> I thought you were about okay. to say I'm on chapter thirty-eight of these novels. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it might be a bit then. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up on the list is SSSS Dynazenon. In episode three, the kaiju eugenicists confront Team Dynazenon and call Galma a traitor. Galma claims that his co-pilots also have kaiju user aptitude. Juga, one of the, eugen- the, the bleh, one of the eugenicists, talks to Yomagi and tells him that the eugenicists are back after being dead for 5,000 years. A kaiju appears in Chiba, and Team Dynazenon struggles until Galma reveals why he fights. Then in the fourth episode, Yomogi seems like his heart isn't in his training. His comrades wonder why, and his boss gets him to admit that he likes someone as he comes down with a cold. One of the kaiju eugenicists joins Yomogi and Yume's class. Chisei subs in as Dinah Soldier's temporary pilot due to Yomogi's cold, but he manages to rejoin and defeat the kaiju. I do like how, like, the eugenicists are just kind of popping up in their everyday life now. And that they're just kind of chill, except for the one guy. Well, it's because they're trying to convince them to be Yeah, they're trying to recruit them. Yeah, which, you know. I mean, do we know? I mean, Galma says that they have kaiju user aptitude, but do they really? I think that's the real question. Like, I think they even, like, I think episode four brings it up that, like, maybe they don't and Galma's just wrong. Mm -hmm. Because the girl was able to pilot it, albeit terribly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she, at the end of the episode, Gama's like, can, dang, can anyone do this? I think that the Kaiju Eugenicists are going to re- recruit Chisei. Yeah. Like, she's, she's going to join their side. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Because there's one uh, shot of her in the OP with the spooky eyes behind her. Uh, and just because I don't really know what else her role in the story is at this point otherwise. I could see Galma... And I, maybe not joining the eugenicists, but like finding a kaiju that he controls separate from Dinatzenon, and then and then she takes over Dinadiver from him. That could be interesting. But yeah, I'm really loving this show. I I, I like it. it I really liked uh, Gridman as well. But this is great. There were just a lot of really good bits. I feel like this episode, mm-hmm. like whenever they couldn't fuse together to make Dinatzenon because. Galma wouldn't tell them stuff. And like they all dodged the attack by just kind of like by clinging on. onto Dino Wing. Yeah. yeah. And like <laughs> uh, I think episode two or episode four, when they were all like yelling out attacks, 
uh, Yomagi would always there's something be something beam. Something beam. Yeah, and like whenever they were doing uh, combo things, yelling stuff together, Yomagi was always just coughing. <laughs> that did track me up. There's, there's the chorus who sing that sings Dinitsen on when they finally combine. <laughs> Okay, that was the coolest shit ever. I don't care what you say. That, I, I was like, yes, yes, let's fucking go. <laughs> that unironically got me hyped. <laughs> Who was it? Chris has been proved wrong in a prediction, though. What was it? Um, That each episode isn't about a pair or something. That's fair. Yeah, because it, it's a lot it's, more about yeah. their dynamic as a whole by this point. Yeah. Koyomi's the... Um... The neat that pilots dynasty on. I think the girl that he knew from high school is Yomagi's manager. I think you're right. I'm pretty yes, sure you're correct. Yeah. So I think there's uh, something going on there. Right. But she says she's married. So nothing for Koyumi in that regard. Maybe. We'll see. I do hope that I do hope that Yomagi works up the guts <laughs> to actually ask Yume on a date. I know. Uh, much more, I feel like the the character drama in this show is a little bit more explicit than it was in Gridman, at least at first. Yeah, I feel like Gridman was more, let's see how well bringing Super Sentai shows into an anime marketplace will work. Mm. And then this is like them actually making something. Okay. So you think that the grid men was the test run and this is what they really wanted to do all along. Like, I don't know if it would be like, this is what they really wanted to do, but like grid man walked. So Dynatzen and could run in that kind of sense. I will say as someone who has not seen good man, this feels very much almost like a drama with the like kaiju stuff slapped on not in a bad way but like in a that's not the main focus honestly the main focus is our characters like it's the kaiju just kind of form a conduit to resolve the dramatic issues exactly which i think is what you should Mm -hmm. do in shows like this i i think this is great I'm very much into this show. Yes. Big retain from Chris. Big retain from John, too. I guess big retain. <laughs> you might even say a kaiju-sized retain. Oh, also, uh, in the scene where uh, Yume and her friend are like in the karaoke place talking about her meeting the girl from choir, the, the animation that's playing on TV is like from some old trigger thing, and I can't remember what it is. Okay, calling it now, her Yume's friend that she always talks to is just her sister, and she can't let go. I, I've i thought that. Maybe. Um. Also, I'm surprised the blonde-haired girl wasn't the choir person as well. Oh, yeah, the uh, manager? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been crazy if she was just all of those things. I, I wouldn't have been surprised, though. It'd yeah, been I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. But yeah, I, I thought too that maybe her friend isn't real. Because they've never shown her interact with anyone else. Next up on the list is Super Cub. In episode three, 
Koguma and Reiko discuss summer plans and procure a luggage box for Koguma's cub. Koguma decides she wants, needs a, some way to block the wind in her face and considers a face shield until opting instead for safety goggles. Once again, she revels in the freedom and purpose the cub gives her. Man, this is this show is just nice. Whenever she just smiles looking at the cub, it just makes me happy. Also, is a cub the thing you can still buy? Is this just an advertisement? Yeah, there's a 2021 Honda Super Cub. Yeah, it's been in continuous manufacture since 1958. I think something that I really liked about this was... Like, I think... There was something last season... Something recently we've talked about how, like, we liked how everyone getting into it is into the hobby is really nice. And so it's not like I liked, appreciated how all, everyone they went to talk to was just like, yeah, sure, I'll help you with this just because mm-hmm. they enjoyed the hobby and liked getting other people into it. Even the random uh, <laughs> construction workers, she's like, what are safety goggles? But yeah, I like this one. Yeah. It's just it's just so nice. And like, I feel bad because we don't really have much to say about it in the, so far on these episodes. But they're very, it's, it's just very wholesome and wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a very comfy show. And it's yeah. There's no drama, or not really. Yeah. It's just gives you those warm fuzzies. Like I think the highest stakes was the first episode when the car ran when the her cub ran out of gas. Yeah, it, it is just nice. I am going to retain it. I feel bad for not saying more about it because it is really nice. I'm also retaining. Yeah, I'm retaining as well. So that is three retains for Super Cub. Next on the list is Those Snow White Notes. In episode three, Maida wants to learn Shamisen to play a piece her grandmother remembers from childhood, and Setsu realizes that it's his grandpa's signature piece. The club visits, visits Kamiki Seiryu's concert and gets permission to use his old Shamisen, but Setsu can't play in front of him. However, he does agree to play for the piece for Maida's grandma. And then in the fourth episode, Setsu calls Wakana and gets him to send a tape of Gramps playing Shungyo. He and his friend listen to it and are once again impressed with Gramps' skills, and Setsu decides to adapt the piece for Maida's grandma. Maida's grandma acknowledges how different it is from the version she heard as a child, but she appreciates his sound all the same. Uh, I almost cried at the fourth episode of this show. Like, the story about uh, about Maida's grandmother and... uh, and Setsu's Gramps was, it, it, it really got to me. And I really like the implication that you don't need, like, the highest quality instrument to do well. You just need, and you just need something. Because, like, the, in the shamisen that his grandpa played on way back when was in tatters and just barely working. And it's still was left an impact on Maeda's grandmother. Right. Well, something that the show has kind of emphasized a bit is like the emotion of playing. 
Like, you can't just play like a robot, because that's not how it's supposed to sound, you know? Well, I think it was, and like, I don't think it's that um, he couldn't play the shamisen for the, um, I forget the guy's name. But yeah, it's not necessarily that he couldn't, but that he didn't know what to convey to him. Right, he didn't know why he was playing. Yeah. Mm. He's someone He's someone that just can't really work without having, like, a reason to do it, which I relate to. I wish I could just, like, throw things out there, but I'm like that, and that I, you know, I have to feel what I'm doing, or else I just have no desire to do it. Yeah. It also seems like Umeko has plans for Setsu now that he's joined a club. Well, she's she's going to sponsor some kind of like national high school shamisen contest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what I'll say is I think she's very um she wants him to succeed at the shamisen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she has her own ways of making that happen and stuff. Also, something I really appreciate is that this is a surprise club anime. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because, like, it the fourth episode ends with the uh, shami, their high school shamisen club being formed and Setsu, Yui, and Kaito, I think, all getting drafted into it just by being there. And so... Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, two of the four people in the club aren't really that interested in the shamisen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it. this doesn't necessarily have to be about being good at the shamisen. It can also yeah, be It's the shamisen appreciation, appreciation club. Yeah. Right. Like, it could literally just be they sit around and listen to Setsu play all day. I am going to retain because every single one of the musical performances in the show so far has been incredible. So I'm also going to retain. I'm retaining as well. All right. That is three retains for those Snow White notes. And last up on the list is To Your Eternity. In this episode, March is a girl in a little village who has chosen to be sacrificed to Oniguma this year. She escapes her, tax, her captivity and is saved by the orb when its regeneration frightens off her pursuers. That's all I put uh, down with the orb. I mean, I, that's what he is for now. <laughs> Doesn't have a name. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was really entertaining seeing the orb just act like the dog still, even though he's now the boy. Yes. I mean, that's how he knows to act. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's great. <laughs> it was really funny. But I think this is going to be way less episodic than we thought it was going to be when we first heard the premise. I think next episode's the last one with March. I could Maybe. See, I could see two more episodes, just because based on the OP, it looks like there's going to be like three arcs, including this one. Maybe. But it, it seems very... It's him learning how to be a person, and I always mm-hmm. think those are fun. Mm-hmm. I wonder, is um, is 
Oniguma, the big polar bear that we saw kill uh, <laughs> kill the orb in one of his deaths. I think so. Yeah. I noticed that too, yeah. I feel like that could be the case. But also seeing him regenerate was pretty gnarly. So appara- apparently this is 20 episodes long. Oh, really? Oh, okay. wow. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. I, I liked March and her character and everything. Uh, this and this is another episode that pretty that made me pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Just because you feel like she's probably gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see a way of her getting out of it. I could see her getting out of it. I just don't think she will. Well, I think it's going to be her like being a big girl by sacrificing by sacrificing herself to save her sister. Mhm. Oh yeah. Because they 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 threaten her by saying if you don't be sacrificed, then we'll we'll take the other girl, and if we can't take her either, then we'll take the baby that can't resist. Yeah. But like this is definitely just some other group of people trying to enforce political control over them more than anything, right? Definitely. That's that's what I think it is. Unless they are like true believers in Oniguma. I could see both. But yeah, it, I can the same, right. by the same token, if they were true believers in Onigoma, they would sacrifice their own people. Well, the idea is that it's a random village that gets to yeah. do it. Gets to. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. This one was really good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying a lot of the stuff we're watching this week or this season. Yeah, I will say I really did like the eating scene and how. She just kept throwing the fruit for him. <laughs> yes. <And just laughs> and like the, right the like the funny like slide whistle sound effect every time. And I thought it was interesting how when he did regenerate, um, like his bandage went back in place and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that's because he is the boy at the moment of his death. Right, right. He he's not the boy. He's the boy in this state, mm-hmm. clothes and all and whatever. Yeah. Right. Because he like spontaneously generated the clothes. He didn't take them from the boy. Right. Yeah. He can just take on any form he wants because, like, he was a rock and then he was moss. I, I'm enjoying this one, so I'm going to retain it. I'm also going to retain it. I'm retaining as well. So, I believe that leaves us with another tie this week. Mm-hmm. So, this is this uh, is now a tie between uh, <clears throat> 86 and don't mess with, don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. So once again, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wappercast to vote on which of those two shows we should fire and not bring back next week. Uh, Don't believe you have any other announcements right now. Oh, except for the fact that our episode on uh, Spirited Away and Castle in the Sky is coming on May 14th. But anyway, be sure to follow us on Wappercast for any uh, updates or funnies about the show. Uh, and that'll be that'll do it for this week. I've been John, your back in the job CEO of Weaves. 
I've been Chris, and I acted too hard, I died. <laughs> and I've been Andrew, CEO of You Can Eat That. Beep boop. Ravioli.